getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus. I am your host. Uh, I am joined, as usual, by Old Man Trev, Mem, and we're going stateside, all the way from the Gunapod. We've got Mike Feinberg. Uh, we are going to look back at the North London derby. We're going to have a, a little bit of a gloat about North London being very, very red. And then we're going to look ahead to tonight's game in the Europa League against Olympiacos. The team news uh, is breaking around now, but we will talk about it afterwards. We're not going to talk about it uh, straight away because we've got far more enjoyable things to crow about. Uh, Trev, you're in the wrong position. Let's move you back where you belong. Trev, how are you? <laughs> Oh, I'm happy, sweet Caroline. Oh, 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 oh. it has never felt so good, so good, so, so good. good, so good. I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed. I'm a bit embarrassed. That I'm still celebrating it all these days later. Don't be. Because, you know, Don't be. you know, because because there was a time when it was just easy three points a few years ago, when it was like, oh, it's Tottenham three points, move on. But now it's worth celebrating because they're giving us a bit of a game again. Still not beating us, but they're giving us a game. So what a good what, week it's been, boys. What a good week what, it's been. What Trev said, and it, how, how how we got to this, what Trev said, uh, Ferg, I'm enjoying this. It's North London Derby Celebration Week. I said, when did we start having a celebration week for winning the North London Derby? <laughs> Mem, when, when, when did we start celebrating for a whole week? Uh, it's just, it's just been, listen, I echo Trev's words. I've been buzzing. We spoke yesterday, Ferg, and I've been buzzing all week. I've just had a spring in my step and a bit more of a bounce of everything. It's just, and more so the way we went about it as well, um, the way we went about it, which we'll touch on, no doubt. But I don't know when it started. But listen, it's not a bad thing, fellas. Um, it's not, not a bad thing at all. A few days, yeah. Long may it continue, guys, yeah. Uh, Mike, all the way from the Guna podcast. Uh, we've had you on here a couple of times before, but it's, it's good to share, isn't it? How are you? I'll, rem I'll remember to watch my language this time. I I, uh, <laughs> I know this is a, I, I know it's all it's all OAPs on the panel, but kids watch, so I need to be a little bit more careful. But uh, yeah, we're all COVID, we're all COVID vaccined up. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're we're, we're invincible, uh, at least yeah. from the four of us are. But uh, thanks for having me on. It's a, it's always good to talk about a victory against Spurs it's uh it, it doesn't always it hasn't always been a week of celebration it's been like yeah this is what we thought but look lately I'll take anything and 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 I don't just say that about Arsenal <laughs> uh, we will we will um later on get you to introduce and tell us a bit about where 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 you are and what you do and what you do with the Guna podcast and so on and Gunas for Cancer and stuff like that as well so oh, thank um, you. That, that would be that would be really good if we can go through that but let's look at the let's look at the Northland Derby Arsenal came from behind to secure a very, very, very fully deserved North London derby uh, and basically shot to pieces the little cock on a ball uh, and their chances of getting Champions League football next season. Uh, Lamella scored, you'd have to admit, a really, really good goal um, on the 33rd. Was it L? Was it L? <laughs> I don't think he meant to do it. I don't think he I meant to do it. But I could have done that. You, but I, Mike, I, <laughs> do it, I could do that. I can do that, kick the ball with the other foot behind your leg, rubbish. <laughs> it's not a good goal. You know, he's hit it and hoped. <coughs> give him the ball, give him the ball on his own perineal area, let him run the length of the pitch, beat six players, and then slot the ball in the net to Henry Henry style. Then I'll tell him it's a good goal. It weren't a good goal. 
He's took a okay, shot. So he scored. And he scored. Got lucky. We, we found the one person in the world that doesn't think that that was a good call. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Gurry, especially because it didn't beat us. I mean, it's easier to admit it's a good goal when when the victory comes after that. But I, I must admit, I was on a WhatsApp group. It's probably the same group as you, Mike, and and um, uh, the guys were saying, "Oh, for Christ's sake, I hope they don't beat us because we're going to be watching that goal all week." Um, and thankfully, you know, um, we turned it round. Smithrow, to be honest, we were dominating that game, and and there was no way that they should have gone one up at that point it was just one brief lack of concentration in the game that we were really focused uh we had Odegaard uh we had uh, Cedric uh, we had plenty of opportunities the fluffed opportunities in the first 20-25 minutes um we did get one back Odeg um from the penalty spot uh when Lacazette scored and also um Odegaard, he scored again. So Odegaard has had two, two and two. Mike, what did you make of um, Odegaard's performance overall? It, it, it's beautiful to watch it. I mean, he not only the performance, not only the ability, but I mean, this guy is plugged into this club after what uh, six weeks yeah. um, of being here. It, it's 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 amazing to see because the guy's been you know associated, either rumored to go to when he was sixteen, or actually has been at the top clubs in Europe. And, you know, while, while he's never really broken through at Real Madrid, he, he doesn't seem to want to be there anymore. He seems to want to be here. His reactions after goals that we scored, like the, like the winner against Benfica, his, uh, his effort, his output, it's, it's outstanding. I mean, it's obviously almost too good because (laughs) now he's going to become too expensive for us. If he keeps playing well, we should have gotten an option to buy, but I guess that we wouldn't happen without that. But, um, you know, lucky deflection on the goal, there's no doubt, but you make your own luck. The more you keep putting it on goal from dangerous positions, the more you're going to get those. And, um, you know, long long may that continue as well. For him to score in a derby, uh, it's kind of like when Lucas Torreira did. It's like, you know, there, there have been so many Arsenal players, and <laughs> Torreira didn't work out in the end, but there have been so many Arsenal players who really kind of bought into the derby philosophy and and show up for big games and i hope that that's his first of many for us um Mourinho put out some message out about it. he doesn't look down he looks up and all that sort of stuff um there was a message that he sent out before the game um if the players didn't need enough motivation uh his smug arrogance and putting a post like that out um has got to be extra motivation for the, these players don't you think um possibly yeah possibly um i don't know how much you know i don't know how much that sort of stuff is followed but there's always mind games and kidology going on between managers coaches and players he, he was actually quite respectful of us in in in, in the lead up to the game in, in the way that in the manner in which he spoke about us and when you compare to past comments and interviews that he's uh, sort of aimed our way yeah, I, I don't try, I try not to listen to him too much, to be fair, mate. Um, not a fan of him whatsoever, as I'm sure mm. you guys aren't either. Lacazette got his 12th <clears> goal of the season. Did you think he had a good performance overall, man? I thought he played well. I thought his industry was good. Um, I thought he was connected with the front line. Uh, the link-up play was good. There was one... Was that... Did he... Was that... What game was it? Yeah, when he... Um, when he I couldn't understand him dummying the ball... I know it resulted with Cedric taking a strike and hitting the post. But, but I kind of expect my centre forward from 6, 7, 8, or 9, or 10, 11, 12 yards out to, to, to be backing himself to have a go first time. 
Um, but yeah, it worked out okay in the end. He, he, I, I loved. He put his penalty away ever so well. Um, some people were arguing that you know he missed the chance, but th- that's what Lacazette does, though. He's he, he's not utterly clinical in front of goal, is he? Let's, let's face it. He needs four, five chances um, to maybe score. He's in that kind of bracket, but his industry was good and he was really well connected with the lads. Yeah. Um, and was it a penalty, do you think? Uh, I think so. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go on, go on. You, you, you answer and then Trev can. Yeah, absolutely. On, he's, he's off his feet. He's not in control. I mean, Jermaine Janus was making me laugh so much on Match of the Day because Martin Keown is not the best of common. He's not the best guys to watch, and he does talk a little bit of nonsense at time. But he's Arsenal through and through. And Jermaine Janus was talking an utter load of nonsense about it. Yeah, he's he's off the ground. He's not in control. He's clattered the guy, regardless of whether he struck the ball on target, off target. He's taken the fella out. It's a foul. He's in the box. It's a penalty. I can't believe there was a discussion about it. I really can't. Trev, what did you uh, feel on the penalty um, claim? Oh, listen, Fergus, the ref said it was a penalty. VAR said it was a penalty. I'm an Arsenal fan and I say it's a penalty. So it's a penalty. That's how it goes. It's a penalty. If if that penalty had been given to Spurs fans, they'd have been saying it was a penalty all day long. So so it's a penalty. Fergus, th- these lads already have brought up so many brilliant points. Can I just I just want to cover off a, a few of the things when, when Mike talks about before, Odegaard. Before right? you do that, just to let people know that the team and we will cover the game afterwards. Leno, Bellerin, Gabriel, uh, Louise. Tierney, Ceballos, Shaka, Elneny, Smithrow, Pepe and Aubameyang. Uh, we will go back to the game afterwards, but just so people know the team sack. Sorry, carry on, Trev. Can I, can I talk now, then? Is that all right? Do you yeah, mind? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you sure? All right, then. Good. Mike, what, what Mike said about Odegaard was bang on, about the North London derby, because you could see straight away that Odegaard got the North London derby. His energy levels were were, 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 were unbelievably high. And he was all over the park and he got, he felt that North London derby. And that's why we were so good from the start, from the very start, because for, for the first time in a long time, we had players on the field, a number of players on the field, that felt what the North London derby was about, you know, and, and, and that is why our energy levels were so high and that is why we started so well. Talking about Mourinho, I've got no time for Mourinho, apart from when he won the premiership with Chelsea. I, Mourinho wrecks football clubs. He, he wrecks players and he wrecks football clubs. And and it, honestly, I could not believe the start of the North London derby. They didn't press us at all. They as, as soon as we got the ball deep, they were dropping off us and dropping off us for the first half an hour. And I'm thinking, Jesus, Mourinho, re- not only has he parked the bus, he took the keys out and sacked the driver. You know, he really, really, really did just sit back and hope for the best. And we all thought he was going to get away with it, didn't he? When they scored the lucky goal by Lamella. You know what Lamella, you know what Lamella tra- translates into? Lamella translates into, I've got a face. I just want someone to smack. Oh, my God. Ain't he got a face? You just want a belt, eh? It's like, tra- Trev, it's crazy. I, I have a mate, Tom, who lives in uh, Virginia as well. And he, from the moment they signed Lamella, maybe even before, I think he was at Roma, he was telling me like he's got the most punchable face in football, and I was yes. like, "That's a, I was like, that's a weird thing to say," and and I swear, everyone uses the exact same thing about like, like I'm like, how did he call? He called that like five, six, seven years ago, and now everybody's talking about how punchable his face is. Like it's the it's the same thing. 
It's not that he's a see you next Tuesday. It's not that he, you know. I mean, it's it's the punchable face thing. I I, I love he's a it. Snide guys, he does everything underhand. Yeah. It's like it gets challenged, yeah. and as he's walking away, he flicks his foot out, and and he's done it for years. But I, I thought and, Kane and was much and worse. Result, anyway. And his results don't bear that out either. I mean, like like all those players that Tottenham signed for the you know with the bail money, uh, Ericsson probably the only good one of the lot. Uh, Lamella was in there, and I mean, he's been there seven years and done, you know, sweet, sweet F. Right. <laughs> Can yeah. I curse? He's done yeah. sweet F all, you know. So he's done, I, I thought, he has done, he's done absolutely nothing, Lamella. In uh, most of the time, Rabona, though, a couple of Rabonas actually. Uh, Put that he, scored two, he scored two, but yeah, it, it wasn't. Listen, it was a good, it was an outrageous strike. He got lucky with the way it went through our players' legs, but. Our industry was really good, guys. I don't, I don't know how you feel. I thought ESR and KT, uh, Kieran Tini linked up so well on the left. Bale was not tracking them back whatsoever, and we consistently got behind them, and Odegaard's got enough skill about him to thread the ball and get it through to them. But his industry off the ball, Martin Odegaard's industry off the ball, is, 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 is yeah, yeah, powerful, special. very powerful. Special, very yeah. special, yeah. And, and you and, mentioned and it's, we, we it's mentioned going up match every of the game. day. Yeah. In his member, we you know, we mentioned match of the day, right? And and I thought it was quality entertainment because not only did we see the, the North London Derby win for the Arsenal again, hmm. but Jenis going into meltdown was just hysterical. <laughs> I, I've not left I've not left his timeline alone on Twitter this week. I'm surprised he's okay. not me. Why is I've, not been, I've not been Why rude, is... you know, I've not been rude, I've not wished harm on him. But I've made sure he knows that it was hysterical. I was a little bit upset with Keown because you could see that Jim Jenis was so close to actually going over the edge. And I thought Keown could have just pushed him a little bit him. more. He could have been gone. Yeah. It'd have been gone. Yeah. yeah. Why is it that, no, that, but, that, yeah, that yeah, ex-Arsenal yeah, pundits, ex-Arsenal players who are pundits tend to be, tend to err on the, I mean, I'm talking Lee Dixon, I'm talking Alan Smith, uh, all massive gooners tend to be very critical on air because the, the, in an effort to kind of counterbalance what might otherwise be a natural you, bias. Why is it that every other club's ex-players who are in punditry are just so shamefully do you not, ridiculous? Do you not think it's, do you not think it's the, the Arsenal social media presence, like there's millions of podcasts and there's obviously Arsenal fans TV. And Way too many. No matter... No, no, no matter what football team you talk about in the in in the you support in the in the UK, nearly every supporter watches Arsenal fan TV for shits and giggles, you know. And and I just wonder if they're just trying to tone it down a little bit on there. And and they're on the BBC. Um, Lamella, you mentioned Lamella. I think he was lucky to not get a red card in the first place. Uh, he did get two yellows. He did see a red. Somebody else who should have seen a red um, is one that uh, Trevor talks about an awful lot. Is Harry Kane? He deserves a ban uh, and, a, and a punch in the face by Gabby. Um, what do you mean I talk about him a lot? What do you mean I talk about him a lot? You call him out. No, no. You call, you call him out is what he means. Calm down, old man. man. Jesus Christ! Needs, Don't get your beard. He in needs twist. to use the right words. Then he needs to yeah, use you're the right Trev, words. You're, you're, get, you're getting Trev confused with Hoggy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Huggy's the, yeah. uh, the the Tottenham man. Yeah, Listen. but we we touched on this, Trev, um, Ferg. Go on, Ferg. Uh, uh, Trevor's been saying what that's all about, why he gets away with it. Go on, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, I'm sure. I, I'm sure it's because he's England captain. But it is. Mm. I, I read a piece um, 
a bloke called Kino's on, on Twitter done a piece yesterday and he summed up Harry Kane and his antics perfectly. You know, what scares me about Harry Kane is that he's crafty and he's dirty and he's going to break one of his fellow professionals because, mm. I mean, the one against Gabriel at the weekend was a different one because it wasn't his normal one where he waits for the player to jump and then wipes their legs out. It was different. But it was still the same cause and the same the same basis is that Harry Kane, in all of those instances, there's a highlight reel of them all. You watch every single foul he's done like that and the one against Gabriel. The one thing that happens every time is that Harry Kane does not watch the ball. Makes no effort to watch the ball. Makes no effort to look at the ball. Makes no effort to play the ball. All he's doing is waiting for that player to make themselves vulnerable. And as soon as that player makes themselves vulnerable, then he takes them out. It is the lowest of the low. It's the lowest of the low. And I don't care what team you support. You should be standing up and saying it needs to stop because I've never seen anything so low in football. Not once does he look at the ball that is coming in. He looks at a player and the key is he waits and he waits and he waits for that player to make themselves vulnerable and then he hits them. And that is bad. That's going to hurt someone one day. Right, ran over. Sorry, boys. I, I, to be honest, I saw what you had mentioned before about the way he backs in a bit Shearer-esque, the way he back, backs into players and pushes them over his shoulders and everything else and doesn't mm. make any play for the ball, uses his bulk and anything else. But on Sunday, when I saw him make that barge, pure barge, not a tackle, and no attempt for play any play whatsoever, it was purely to take the player out. Uh, I, I th That very instant, I thought of you and what you'd said about the guy. Uh, and... and you know, you got VAR, you got the FAA, FA with their committees afterwards with a look at uh, games, the referees' reports, and so on. Surely that wouldn't have been in the referees' report, I don't think. Um, but surely the FA need to address it in some way. Is it because, as you said before, he's um, he's uh, the the England captain, he's the darling of uh, of English football at the moment, and it really does wind me up when 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 they get that. that. Go on, Mike. Have we not? Have we not pushed them as a club, uh, push the FA to review that? I mean, is that not, is that, I mean, is that just not done? I mean, I is retros retrospective action possible when, when it wasn't given on the, on the pitch? I mean, I, if, if ever it was, that's an instance. I mean, it's yes, clearly no, caught on camera. I mean, I, I, I remember, who was it? Arnautovic that shoved, uh, shoved uh, Debushi into the, the advertising hoardings and took him out for a year. I mean, those kind of tackles. There's got to be some action taken on that. I just I don't understand how Arsenal hasn't been. I don't know if Arteta's mentioned it in a press conference. I don't know if 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 anything's been done about it. But I'd be at least making it something that the FA has to answer to, even if to say it was it's not allowed to be reviewed. They have to answer to that. Do you not think it's a bit of an old boys' school where we won't grass you up if you don't grass us up? I think it needs to stop being that if that's the case, because yeah. you know, I mean that it, it, it's a one-way street if it's an old boys' club. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. grassing us up for everything. So, uh, uh, <laughs> to explain the bell, being an American, every time he uses an English phrase, ding, yeah. the bell goes. That's yeah, no, how, no, that's no one here, no, no one here talks about grassing up. No one here talks about industry. I mean, I, but but I love it though. It's it's the language I choose. <laughs> choose to speak but i like to, I like to follow that. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get on to you in a second about that uh, before we do harry kane um he got a free kick uh close up when we went out to 10 men harry kane got a a free kick uh and um thankfully despite leno's uh efforts um 
uh, we, he didn't score and we maintained uh, our lead and a deserved win. With Leno, now I'm not, well, I am, um, I'm not Leno bashing uh, uh, that I get accused of. I, I think Leno's a decent keeper. You are. I, I, you actually, are. I, actually, I, actually, I actually want to know, is he really good enough? Because with, with that one there, I was infuriated watching that, that he set up a wall. He spent so long setting a wall up. He got, who was it, to lie down in the... Uh, in the chaise long position or whatever they call it, um, uh, on the ground to protect in case the ball went underneath the wall. I think it was then Cedric. Was it Cedric? Cedric. And, and he like yeah. and he flipped. He flipped yeah, over at the last minute. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 then Leno gets takes his position. Harry Kane takes a takes a shot. And where does he go to dive first? He goes dive behind his wall. What? What's the bloody point of having a wall there if you're going to dive behind it, first of all? And then he leaves three-quarters of his goal open. Men, we talked about it. Go on, I'll let you come in. And then, um, uh, Trev, because Trev's... Yeah, I'll wait. Okay, okay right. I'll wait. You've got... All right, okay. Yeah, listen. Um, yes, that's his side. That's the wall side. But goalkeepers do anticipate, Ferg, don't they? They do try and second-guess what the centre-forward or the attacker's going to put it. And on occasions, they make an error. Accepted. I... It, this season, I think his levels have gone up. He has made errors, but all players do. Um, I, I think on the whole, he's been consistently good. As you and I discussed, I didn't blame him whatsoever for the goal that we conceded against the Greeks. I was 100% behind what Trevor said about the issue and the problem starts further up the pitch with Xhaka in a forward advanced position doing a 180 U-turn and giving a piss-poor back pass to your centre-half which immediately puts the opposition on a front foot press. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't blame him for trying to second guess which way he's going to go, you, man. There's a lot of players in that wall. Yeah. And he's got zero visibility of the ball. Okay. So why don't you behind them? If you're waiting for the ball to come over the wall and then make a move, let me tell you, mate, you're in trouble. Okay. They have to anticipate. And he went, he just basically, guessed the wrong way that that that's just pure and simple that and the and the error against the greeks uh, he made a mistake sabias made a mistake but the root of the problem is when your central midfield player makes his 180 u-turn and plays the ball backwards that's when the opposition are on a front foot press against you and if they win the ball they've only they're at your goal straight away if your center midfield player plays the ball forward and loses it They've still got five, six, seven or eight Arsenal players to get through before they're getting at us, yeah? That's where I feel the the bigger problem lays. And, and, and not with Leno. I think Leno's been consistently good. His distribution has improved this season. And, and I've got no problem with him, mate. I, I was with you earlier on in the season with regards to the other fella having to sell him. I really didn't want us to sell Martinez. But I'm 100% behind Leno. I think on the whole, he's... He's up there with the best goalies in the Premier League, I would say. As I said at the start of this, I'm not Leno Bashan. I'm here just putting the... No, the, no, but... I'm here putting the question. And, and I, I get... Uh, obviously, Trev's going to send Fergus. you 50 quid by Fergus. the PayPal. Don't you lean on, over too far. Don't you lean over too far, Fergus, because all that ball crap you're full of will come out your ears, pal. That's right. Listen. And, and also, you're not factoring... You've got to factor in that sometimes our centre-halves or our central midfield players make numpty decisions that reflect kind of badly on him as well to a degree. So he's at times unsure about the players in front of him. Yeah, I think he's doing. Right. I think he's doing more than fine. 
Trev, this... have your say on Leno, and then I just want to talk about uh, Arteta and Aubameyang um, yeah. and his action, and then I want to move on to tonight's game. Oh, but yeah. Talk about Leno first. Well, Mem summed it up really well, Fergus. I've, I, I, in, in all in all seriousness, I know we're only playing around, but I do think you are a little bit harsh on him sometimes, mate. I think he's, you know, he has made a mistake or two, but what goalkeeper hasn't in in the Premier League, you know? And what we talked about, uh, there was a comment about his distribution, and I honestly thought in the game against Tottenham on Sunday that his distribution was the best I've seen it all season. I, I, we didn't have, we did not have one silly pass short to a defender that might have been under pressure. If there was any doubt, he hoofed it, Leno, on Sunday. He had changed. He played a different style of goalkeeping. He honestly you think he was did enabled, on Do you think he was enabled to do that? Do you think Arteta basically Absolutely. said, in this game, you know, use your judgment? I don't, I, I'm not going to tell you to always play it out from the back if you've, you know, just make the, I, I feel like that he was enabled to do that. And he was finally Absolutely. able to use his judgment, and his judgment was was sound because every single ball he played out from the back was to someone not in pressure, and if and if if there were to be, he would puff it up pitch and worry about it later. Shouldn't Absolutely, be, absolutely, Mike. Not yeah. a goalkeeper's prerogative anyway. But a goalkeeper sees what's in front of them, and then and they should depends on what he's told by his coach. I mean, he, it it should be, but if he's not being given that that enablement to do that, yeah. which it kind of feels like, perhaps in games like Burnley where it came back and bit us in games like Olympiacos first leg, it, it, it felt like maybe he wasn't being enabled to do that. He was under a mandate of do it, do this. And that, that can actually force you into making some bad decisions. So I'm not, I'm not trying to absolve him of not having common sense. Uh, Cause some of those, I mean, to, passing it to Jaco was not a great idea under any circumstances in that position, but but, but I, Mike, know. that's how we play. That's how the manager right. sends him out to play. Right. So it's not Leno playing the ball to Xhaka. It's Xhaka not having the confidence to hit the ball first time to where it's got to go. That's yeah, what well, it's and, about. And he, and, and, he, and he showed for the ball in such a way yeah. that, I mean, it was almost, you know, he had no choice, Leno. I'm not, again, he should have hoofed it because he, sh he should do the quick risk analysis in his head and say, you know what, I'm supposed to do this. But this has got an eighty percent chance of backfiring, and hoofing it long has a you know a forty percent chance of, of of going to the other club team, and and so yeah, I I I don't want to absolve Leno of it altogether, but I really his shot stopping, his I mean we, our our goals allowed this season are way down, and it's not just because of our back four. You, the, there isn't a perfect keeper in the league. Allison, who is one of the most expensive keepers, has made some howlers and so on. So, you know, yeah, we've got – they're never going to be perfect. When he makes I mistakes, just, they're awful. I mean, I yeah. I was at the Chelsea game last year right before New Year's where he just flailed at the ball and, and Jorginho hit it in. Um, you know, he, he he's handled the ball outside the box. He's kicked it out, you know, behind with 90 in the 95th minute against Olympiacos last year, giving them a corner, which they scored off of. When he makes mistakes, they're they're dreadful. Well, in, in, but in, fair, in fairness, if a, mis a keeper makes a mistake, it generally is um, a costly mistake because you know the last man. Listen, um, I just want to finish up on the game. Arteta and his dealing of Aubameyang. Aubameyang was dropped for a breach of pre-match protocol. Um, some people are saying it's poor form of Arteta to air the dirty washing of uh, the team in public. But I personally don't think it was aired in public. I believe the press found out he was dropped. And uh, what the press are going to do, they're going to be like a, like a gerbil. They're just going to keep on going at it and going at it and going at it <laughs> until, uh, until they find out the real story. 
and uh, you know it ended up he he was late. Uh, people who may know the reference to the gerbil, he's not in the bottom left hand corner. Honestly, he's not in the bottom left hand corner. The gerbil Fattest is the gerbil of person. all time. <laughs> um, Trev, you you wanted to have a quick chat about Arteta and the way he managed the game and the the players, the tactics. And in particular, the Abamyang situation. And I want to move on to uh, chat a little bit to, to Mike and then the, the game tonight. Yeah, well, Fergus, I can sort of put them two points into one because I know we're getting a bit pressed for time now, mate. Um, I, I, I just thought that Arteta handled the Abamyang thing really well. The, the press, he stopped any press speculation. If he hadn't come out and said anything, they'd have been speculating in the press all week. Was it this? Was it that? Abamyang done this. Abamyang's done that. Well, he didn't. He came out and he said, I'm not going to tell you what went on in the dressing room. Uh, but but what I will tell you is that Aubameyang was dropped because he was late. End of. You're getting no more. So that's fair enough for me. That put it all to bed, right? That stopped any stupid press comments. And we all know what the press are like. Yeah? For, yes. As for the Aubameyang thing, it was interesting. When you were watching it on the telly, Aubameyang was sat in, sat in the stand, sulking, head down, not paying a lot of attention. And, and although they didn't say it in so many words on the telly, they were obviously insinuating, look at him sulking, look at him playing up. Well, to be honest with you, what would we have thought if he'd have sat there in the stands after being dropped, laughing and joking and playing around with his mates? We'd have thought, well, we ain't listened to what the manager said, wouldn't we? We'd have thought, look, he don't give a damn. He's sitting there laughing. He's sitting there joking. He's been dropped. He couldn't give a toss. Well, in fact, it looked to me where the way Alabama Young was sat there on his own, all quiet with his head down, it looked like that he did give him a toss and it looked like he was thinking, oh, I might have dropped a clanger here and in future I won't be late and I won't have to sit here with my head down being a bit embarrassed. So I think overall, the big picture is that Arteta dealt with it well. I thought Alabama Young reacted as he should have done. He kept out of the way, kept his head down, took his punishment and we move on. Hmm. And, he's got the arm, and he's got the armband tonight. I'll back him to score. Yeah, I, I back him all the time. I like I'll him. back him to score yeah. and kiss the badge. <laughs> yeah, Trev, you summed it up, mate. Whatever he's, yeah, listen, Mikel put him in his place, drawn the line under it, job done. His face, he looked like he, he looked, he'd been smacked about a bit, didn't he? He looked like he had the he raving up. Like genius on match of the day. Yeah, a little bit. No, not, he wasn't quite as fired up, fired up as JJ was. He was properly fired up on match of the day, yeah. Um, yeah. Boy. But yeah, it dealt with it superbly. I think Arteta comes out of it going up levels. And I think anybody and everybody in that dressing room, if they didn't already know, having handled all the other situations with a lot of dead wood players, if they didn't already know who the governor is, so oh, there you go, who's posting that? They all know not to mess now, don't they? And, and that's, that's brilliant. I love it. In the I chat, the general, consensus, the general consensus uh, about... Um, Arteta handled the Abamyang situation correctly, if I could say it. Mike, um, going to spend a couple of seconds on, on more than a couple of seconds, but a few minutes on on yourself. Uh, introduce yourself. Whereabouts in the states are you? How, how did you become an Arsenal fan? Um, so, where are you over there? And uh, it's it, it's it's not even noon yet, is it? Uh, uh, no, it's 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 actually one o'clock because we're on this weird okay. couple of weeks where we're four hours behind instead of five, but. Uh, I've just tweeted out my home address uh, and phone number. So, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm basically to Washington D.C. like Milton Keynes is to to London. I'm about half, maybe thirty minutes. Is that about right? Thirty minutes outside the city. Thirty forty minutes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah. um and and have lived here most of my life with the exception of uh when I was at uni and also um two years in London, uh 1988 to 1990. So there's your answer as to how I became an Arsenal fan and not not a shabby time to uh to, to be Graham in London here. and discover the Arsenal. I mean mm. 1988 89 was Arsenal, Mike. Mike, Sorry? why Arsenal? Why Arsenal? What makes because our mighty club mate well, he, it's actually a funny story because where we lived was on the Piccadilly line and the nearest football club to us at the time would have been Chelsea or Fulham, but neither one of them were in the first division. Um, so I didn't know about them because they were both small clubs at the time. And, uh, and, and so I was, looking for, I was looking for the closest club to try first. And ironically enough, I was one of these uninformed Yanks who thought that Tottenham played at Tottenham Court Road. So I'm like, okay, well, that's the, <laughs> that's the closest one to me, but it's not on the Piccadilly line. So, so, uh, and then I, you know, when I learned that they didn't, thank God, uh, I, I saw that the, the, you know, the stop of Arsenal was on the Piccadilly line and I, it would be an easy trek to get up there. So one day, a couple mates of mine from school, uh, it was, the, I went to the American school in London. So it was mostly American and international uh, students with a couple of, uh, of Brits, but the uh, we just went up there one day, followed everybody. I basically just unknowingly ended up on the north bank and the terraces right behind the goal, and uh, just fell in love with the whole experience. And and you know every every Saturday we had a game. I was there about one thirty to claim my spot. Bottle of uh, whiskey and a diet coke chaser and you know because you had to have something to do for that hour and a half i'd read the program and i'd see all you know i'd read all about all the youth players like kevin campbell and, and andy cole and all that and, and kwame ampadu and 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 then the game wow. just such such oh. a such a form i mean i was 15 16 17 years old at the time it was Were amazing soccer ball before that i mean i always played growing up um uh, there wasn't you know there wasn't really other than the NASL, like you, you, you might know about the New York Cosmos, which was like a yeah. ridiculous team with with like yeah. end stage Pele and Giorgio Canalia and and uh, Johan Cruyff played for the Washington Diplomats, but that was that was a doomed league and it wasn't it wasn't serious football. Um, but uh, you know, I was heavily into sports, always played football growing up or soccer. Uh, growing up and loved the sport, but when I got over to England and saw how passionate it was, how how much it meant meant to people, that in my quest to assimilate into the culture, because I, I, you know, if I'm going to go, I, I'd never left Virginia before, and I wanted to just be comfortable where I was. I wanted to learn the tube, learn you know, learn how to live in London, and part of living in London to me at the time was was you know was following football. And I am so happy that it was Arsenal rather than that other lot. I didn't, I didn't know about the connection that many of my people have to Tottenham. Uh, otherwise, that might have played into it. So I'm glad about that as well. Uh, that that was for you, Tony Fain. But um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> never heard of him. Yeah, good question. But yeah, that's 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 why Arsenal. That's that's and you know, 31 years later, 32 years later, 30, and I, still, I know that you. You you avoided being the twelve pins because you didn't want to get COVID last May uh, last March. Um, we have we have bumped into to each other and uh, I went I, I went to pins after the game. I was I was just avoiding you before the game, but uh... yeah, that was true. I went straight home. I was feeling like dog shit. Um, but I, <laughs> I met you, I met you down at the uh, the uh, Arsenal Supporters Club. We've met in a few 
different places. Uh, we've yeah. become good friends over the years. But how often do you get over here for games under normal circumstances? Under normal circumstances, I try to make at least one, sometimes two pilgrimages, I call them, because you know I, I don't just come over for a game. I come over for about two or three weeks. Uh, I'm fortunate to have a job where you know I can work remotely um, even before COVID. So uh, you know, I, I do some work during the day. I'm over enough that I don't feel the need to be a tourist. Uh, so if I'm sitting in a B Airbnb doing work all day and then going to football at night, uh, that's not a waste of a trip to London for me. That's exactly what I want to be doing. So, um, you know, I come over for two or three weeks. We go to every possible game that we can, all Arsenal home and away. We try to see some of the other uh, incredible stadiums around the country, go to Europe sometimes, uh, went to – in the last few years, went to to Milan for our Europa for our uh, Europa League game, uh, uh, um, Lisbon, Olympiacos, the three 0 win, and the Champions League like five or six years ago. It's just there's nothing better than Arsenal away days. Uh, Absolutely. So Mike, Mike, Absolutely. Mike, what do you do when you're watching a game in the States? And have you got a supporters club that you that you go to, or do you watch your games at home, mate, or what? Uh, I mean, obviously, lately I've been watching the games at home. Uh, I have a 17-year-old son who's a massive gooner, and so we watch the games together, which is which is incredible. I mean, FA Cup final, uh, last-minute win against Benfica, whatever you want to say about the game. Those are the moments where it's like it, it's it's incredible. But on a normal basis, uh, we you know, our, America's got supporters clubs. It, it's a great supporters club. Arsenal America is a fantastic supporters club. And regionally, I mean, every city's got a supporters club, a home pub. Uh, some have much bigger membership than others. But in the D.C. area, there's actually two. And, you know, I'll travel about 30 miles to get to where our pub is so I can watch it with about 20 or 30 other people. And, and I much prefer that than sitting at home and watching it. But Absolutely. in the last year, it really hasn't been possible, unfortunately. And you, you also um... – do you, you obviously do Gooner, uh, the Gooner Cancer with the Gooner, Gooner uh, podcast? You do the Gooner, uh, the Gooner, what's the, the Gooner Gras? Uh, yourself and Steve Minos do the Gooner Gras, don't you? Well, we, we just go to Gooner Gras. That's put together by the New Orleans uh, uh, crew that, that, you know, the Arsenal Supporters Club in New Orleans puts that how, together. How much, do you, how much do you get involved with Arsenal American and, and the other, and the other um, Arsenal affiliated sort of supportive groups? I would say I'm just a very, very active member. Uh, you know, there's a board. There are people who have jobs and volunteer their time to make that supporters club amazing and to keep the, you know, the, the communication with the club going, which, which is why recently I got so involved with making sure that Mark Brindle kept his position because he means so much to supporters clubs like Arsenal America, to, to our cancer, uh, anti-cancer charity. He's been so helpful. So I really kind of, uh, it was very important to me to try to make sure he wasn't made redundant, which which was a big win for supporters around the world. Um, but I just, you know, I'm very, very active because to me, more so than even wins and losses, the the I mean, this is this is where I get cheesy and ridiculous and and uh, and sentimental. But the family of people that you meet, the the immediate connection you have, whether you're the same religion, color, creed. Um, wh whether your, you know, politics are one side or the other, the one thing you automatically have in common with somebody is being an Arsenal fan for whatever different reasons people are. And, and, you know, that community is, has given me quite a bit, uh, in the last 30 years. And, and 
you know, maybe that I'll leads to me to being a little less ranty when, when things are not going well because uh, you, you know, know what I'd say that community, that community uh, Mike, that we're all part of in various levels has helped us all uh, hugely over the last year to get through this shit show of COVID and lockdown. 100%. All, you know, the Zooms that we've done and the, I mean, just the, the chats and, and uh, you know, Gooners versus Cancer campaign during COVID. I mean, we, we had our best year ever for Gooners versus Cancer for the uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society two summers ago when the club came to the U.S. in four different cities and we did so much in-person fundraising. I had no clue that the following year when there was absolutely no face-to-face contact, we'd almost double our fundraising uh, because of people just want, you know, in a time where where there's a lot of different places that you could really send your your hard-earned money. Uh, so, you know, that's just down to the, to the Arsenal community and, and it involves the club, it involves supporters, it involves ex-players. Um, and you know, people look at, at, at my interactions online and they're like, it's like 90% Arsenal. Don't you have a life outside of Arsenal? And I'm like, I do, but it's really not that important. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 think, I think that's the same for us. That's the same for all of us. Guys, what's most important tonight is not dinner. It's um Well said, Fergus. Wait a minute. Fergus, 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 I'm sorry to cut you off, son. I never normally cut you yeah. off. But be, <laughs> but before we but before we move on from Mike, right? Before we move on from Mike, Mike's last thing he said there was uh, his interactions on on social media. He's on there all the time talking Arsenal. And I'm not going to name the person involved because they would never, ever get any publicity or airtime off of me. But Mike did an interview a couple of weeks ago with someone that needed, for want of a better phrase, they needed sorting. They needed just bringing down a peg or two. And Mike, to his credit, did one of the greatest interviews on Twitter I have ever seen. The person didn't even realise what was going on. And he was pulled apart. So, Mike, I, I, I sincerely thank you for, on behalf of all real Arsenal fans for that, mate. And I mean that genuinely, pal. I mean that genuinely. It was great viewing and a total respect for you, mate. Thank you. Some people just need to be given enough rope to hang themselves. And, you know, I don't I don't know that any minds were changed by it, but, uh, you know, they, it, it, he was trying to bait me into, in, into something. So I basically turned the table on him and, and uh, I'm glad people got to see that because it tells you everything you need to know about, about certain Arsenal fans that, uh, that trade on, uh, on the team. So mm. nothing against trading uh, on the team. I, if you, if you do, you know, but, but the way that he does it is, is no good. It was an affirmation rather than a revelation, uh, Mike. Uh, now, looking yeah. looking at uh, the, the lineups, we did talk about the lineups earlier. Uh, we got Leno and Gold, Bellerin, David Luiz, Gabriel, and Tierney as a back four. Wow. Uh, Shaka and El Neni uh, with Ceballos, um, Smithrow, and Pepe. And point man and captain uh, is Abamyang. Yeah. Uh, are you happy for him to be captain again, Trev, after his? Yes, yes, mate. I, yeah. I think we've got to be. I th- as I said earlier, mate, I, I think that it was dealt with superbly. I, I thought that Arteta dealt with it superbly. He put it to bed. Importantly, I said it before, I'll say it again. Arteta left no doubt in people's minds. There was nothing to speculate on. He put it to bed, which was brilliant work from Arteta. I thought Albama Yang took his punishment well. He, he he sat there and you could see he was deep in thought. Or if he wasn't deep in thought, he gave the impression he was. Um, so, yeah, although Albama Yang wasn't my choice of captain at the start of the season, he is our captain. 
and he keeps his place, and, and, and rightly so. We move on. We move on with Aubameyang as our captain tonight and hopefully scoring a goal or two. Uh, Mem, Sack has been rested. Good. Yeah, yeah. He looked a little bit off of it. I think we touched on it earlier on. I mentioned it to you in the week as well. He just didn't seem as though his feet were reacting in the manner in which he would he, he normally would do. Just looked a little bit, just a little bit, yeah, just a bit tired and jaded. So, yeah, I think we need to be a bit careful with him because he, he's at times carried us this season, the boys, an absolute gem. He's taken Odegaard out as well. I think he's played about five or six on the spin, I believe. So, I, I'm glad to see Pepe in. I, I think his his work rate and his industry has gone up levels as if he wants to play in this team. Um, I'm a bit concerned, Tobias Elneny. And is that Xhaka as well? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the only concern I've got. You know... I, I, we just I have just, to not concede three goals, though. I mean, if there's ever a time to do uh, Sabayas on any Xhaka, it's probably today. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Sabas has been a bit inconsistent of late, Mike. Yeah, he, he, well, especially he in has, Europe. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, he even has a really. He's looked at times to me. He's looked, he played a fantastic game a few weeks ago, and then two shockers. Um, if Jacker plays like he did at the weekend with Elneny, we, we we should be fine. And as you rightly said, it's a bit of an odd one tonight because how do you approach the game when you're three one up? Um, me personally, I think you've got to go for it and. And, and just put the game to bed and take it away from them. Other managers, as we know, could potentially approach it in a little bit more of a cagey fashion and just play the game out. And as the game progresses, you'd expect the opposition to come out at you a little bit more and then maybe pick them off. But I, I'd like to see us on the front foot and, and pressing them and pushing them back because I don't think, I think they're a fairly average team, Olympiacos, to be fair. And, and I, I don't really rate their centre half very much either. <laughs> uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike, your 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 your, your thoughts on never rated Martin, him. Martinelli's on the bench again. He was an unused sub uh, in in Athens. Would you like to see him get a run out, or do you think if anybody's going to get a run out, it's probably going to be Odegaard over him? I would have liked to have seen him starting over Smith Rowe. I I'd, I'd love to give Smith Rowe a, a, a spell of of rest. Um, it's 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 interesting to see ESR who appears to be slotted for, for let's see Bellerin's playing so is Pepe going to be in front of Bellerin that's not going to go well but that's not great uh, but but you know Smith Rowe is is slotted to be on the left without being pushed out there by Odegaard um, that's a bit odd to me and and it would seem kind of a, a weird way to force him in to shoehorn him into the lineup when he could use a rest and we have Martinelli there so. That's that's my main question. I, I would not have played much less started Tierney or ESR today. Those are the two guys that I you know it, it, and the third one I wouldn't have started was uh, was Odegaard. So you know one of them got got the rest. The other two and and Partey actually. So yeah, I, 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 I need I was for big rotation today. And 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 uh, you know with Tierney you either have to play Tierney or Ceballos. And I'm sorry Tierney or uh, Cedric. I mean and. I guess Tierney must really be feeling fit and, and ready to go from his earlier injury issues. But uh, Smith Rowe starting and playing on the wing is a bit is a bit questionable to me. But again, I don't I don't think it's really going to matter because it's more important that we don't concede than that we you know really. It's a weird on. one. It's a weird one. Really, when you look at it, you've you've got three essentially central midfield players. So I, I don't I don't know. I can't see how he's going to. 
with, with when Odegaard's in, you know he's going to play an advanced uh, central midfield position. So I don't know how he's going to set up tonight, unless maybe he's thinking of putting Sabias in that sort of position. I, I think that's what advanced. it is. That's what yeah. it looks like to me. But and, uh, I hear what you're saying. Which, about, which pushes ESR out, out wide in a in a strange one. Yeah. I, I mean, I he, push, him, he was brilliant he out there. Sabayos. Yeah, he's good. He'll he was brilliant out there with. with, with or he'll play the three. He'll, he'll either push the blast up the field or he'll play a deeper game, not looking to concede with Sabayas, Elneny and Xhaka across the middle. I, I, so I just... I just, what, I'm just what do you think in that middle? Is it, is it going to be a 4-2-3-1? We came back from Olympiacos last year. Is it a 4-2-3-1 or is it a 4-1-2-3? Sorry, go on. I know. No, it's hard to I tell. I honestly don't know what sort of... Is, is Trev... I don't know, yeah. Good. I don't know. To me, it looks like a four-two-three-one yeah. as normal, uh, but with some players in in unexpected positions. Sabias behind the 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 front three, and or, or Sabias as the middle part of the the, the three, Abamyang in the nine, and and Smith Rowe mm. and Pepe out wide. Which you know, again, I, I I'm not going to complain about any of it, other than someone getting hurt. That 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 that's kind of in the red zone, like I feel Smith Rowe might be or Tierney might be. That's, didn't that's Emil had a couple of concerned. games? Didn't he miss a couple of games recently, though, young Smith Rowe? He, he, yeah. he had a little calf. Yeah, I actually think he's equally as impressive out wide as he is in. I, I love him in that central berth. I think he's by far away more effective there. But he's he's so intelligent on the ball, guys. Yeah, his movement and his the positions just. Sometimes you don't even need to run around. Yeah, he's just got a knack of finding positions, the boy. Um, I'm not so convinced that Sabias will pick him out quite as regularly as Martin Odegaard uh, did do at the weekend. But he's such an intelligent player. Um, uh, his movement and, and just the positions that he picks up and his use of the ball is fantastic. So I don't mind him out there wide, guys. I, I, I don't mind him out there in that position. Um, well, I, listen, I, do, I, I think, uh, I think on one he second, will Trev, play. I, I'm talking over to you one more time and the last time. Um, I assume it's Sophia in the chat from the Highbury squad. Uh, she just wants to correct my Greek. And there we go. Uh, I lifted off Google. It's an effort. Welcome to the Emirates. <laughs> Sorry, Trev. You got to go, go direct to the source. You should have just asked Soph to begin with. And, and she I should have. I should have. I've been told off. <laughs> Kalispera, uh, Sophie, Tikanis, Tikanis. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think we will play Ceballos up, up, in, up in the three, just behind the forward, because that's the system that's been working for us. And I can't see that he's not going to stick with it. I think that, um, I think that ESR, I don't mind ESR wide as long as he's got, as long as he's got the license to come inside, which is what he's mm. appeared to be given last time. Oh, Kala, Kala, Poly Kala, Kala, Poly Kala. He also links up really well with Kieran Tini on the left. He, he links up so well. He linked up so well with KT at the weekend. Yeah, he did. He, he was, he, I think that's the system. I'm not, what's worrying me more in my head is that we came back from Olympiacos last season with a 1 0 lead. We thought it was a comfortable 1 0 lead. We played well out, you know, played done enough out there to nick a win. We all thought, bring them back to the Emirates next round. Who are we going to play? And it backfired on us. So I just hope that the boys are on their toes tonight. I think we're good enough to beat Olympiacos. Although although the Greek league is a poor league, they're still top by a mile, you know, Olympiacos. So they will have a performance in them. 
They will have a performance in the Olympiacos, but we've got to put it to bed, and that's a strong enough team to do it if they're all on their toes. So I'm confident main, enough main, that we're going to go for it. The main striker, El, El Arabi, um, is looking to score three consecutive goals in the Europa oh. League meeting against Arsenal. Um, Aubameyang has also uh, scored three home uh, in the last three home matches in the Europa League for Arsenal. Uh, if he scores this, although one of them was in, in Greece, if he scores, um, uh, if he if he scores in this one, he'll match Robin van Persie's European record, which again was in September two thousand and nine, which again was against Olympiacos. So it, <laughs> we seem to have a lot of links with this Olympiacos. He, he is going to score tonight. He will score tonight. Uh, go on, Mike. I do hope so. I do go hope on, so. Mike. If he doesn't score tonight, I will. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I fancy it will be the goals tonight. Uh, to be fair, I fancy just of late. I fancied him every game he's played lately. He just, he, he just looks like he's, he's, he looks like he's, he's, he's on it. He looks like he's back focused. So yeah, I, I think he will be hopefully in the goals tonight. Yeah. Um, guys, yeah. If, if we get an early goal, Fergus, if we get an early goal tonight, we'll get a sack full. If if we score in the first fifteen, we'll get three mm. or four. Well, the game's over if we score in the first fifteen. Ga uh, fifteen minutes, the game is effectively over. They have to come at us, um, and I just see then, as you say, we get a sack. We'll just we'll just open them up. Um, I think the tactic of having El Nenny and Shaka uh, side by side with Sabias, who's slightly more defensive. I think, as Mike alluded, it, it's all about not conceding. Um, uh, if, if we, this can be nil-nil. We're through. You know, we, in theory, we've got three away goals. Um, you know, look at our friend Troll's even, going for it, Ferg. Look at our friend Troll's going for it. Five-nil. Five I'm, 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 I'm getting a little bit suspicious about Trolls because every time I come along and say an opposition player, I get a comment in here going, who? Um, it just sounds <laughs> so much like the bearded guy <laughs> with a pink beard last week uh, or the week before. <laughs> um, guys, um, any score predictions that we have? Uh, Trev, I'll start with you. <laughs> Let me guess. 4-0. 4-0. It's so predictable. Mem? Because uh, it's a prediction. Put... Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, I fancy us to put three past them this evening. Um, but I think, unfortunately, we'll let one in. So I think it'll be 3-1 again. But that's we're exactly, going to score early. We're going to score exactly, early. That's exactly what I was going to say. The one will be kind of a, a meaningless goal with some stupid error that we make that, that when when we're really already through. So I, mm. I was going to go with three one as well. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I, I I was I was um, I was going to go two one. Um, Highbury squad, ask a question. Uh, how are we taking bets on Sabias to make a mistake? I'm looking right now on the online book to see whether there's a <laughs> what's a mistake though exactly. <laughs> Own goal, maybe, but in fairness, he, he okay. He has made uh, mistakes in his last two champion um, Champions League. Chance be a fine thing. Europe Europa League um, games. Um, he can't do it a third time, can he? And in uh, he won't, Shaka he won't has be made more he won't be playing no, deep sure. enough to make a mistake that costs us a goal tonight. They're so so it'll be, be defending a corner or something. He'll 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 he'll, he'll make a worldie under our own net. He'll make a worldie. That, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, super American. Hit, hit the bell. Yeah, no, he's, that, like that. he's he's very much like that though, isn't he? He's either really good or really really poor, and he's been really poor of late. So by law of values, he should be really good tonight. <laughs> actually. <you know? laughs> 
Trill's uh, puts a statement up there. Champions League next season. Oh, here we go. It leads nicely onto the the next topic I was going to talk about. So, if I personally think that top four is now probably done, dusted, and unless we win this trophy that we're in, uh, I can't see us getting to Champions League. Um, I know Trill's is uh, very confident we're going to win this uh, tournament. Uh, There's still some bigger sides in there and big sides in there that could make it difficult. If we end up I don't know if it's sixth or seventh, but fifth automatically gets a Europa League spot. Um, uh, and then there's some debate about sixth place. And if you win the League Cup or the FA Cup in the top six, and it gets a little bit weird around there. But the sixth, possibly the seventh and possibly eighth, depending on the way trophies go, um, qualify for this year qualified for uh, the Europa League. Next year, they will qualify for a new tournament, the inaugural European Conference League. And the reward for winning such competitions... Is this the Checker Trade uh, uh, Europa (laughs) Conference or something? I think it's the... Also known known as another way to get money out of us. The Europa Conference League. Have you seen where the final's going to be in 2022? (laughs) No, I haven't looked because I'm really Hackney, not interested. Hackney Marshes? Marshes. No. <laughs> Tirana. Tirana, Albania. Tirana. How's that? Oh, uh, well, that wouldn't be a cheap view, so, you know. That's, that's a reason nice to keep Jaka, I guess. <laughs> it's an easier oh. term than Baku, let me tell you. But, 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 but the prize for winning that tournament in Tirana in 2022 is you qualify for the Europa League. The competition we're Added to that, it gets better. It gets better. We will continue to play football on Thursdays, but it will be don't, Thursday don't. afternoons at 3.30 in the afternoon. I, I get 10.30 a.m. games on Thursday. Yeah. That's all right for you. That probably works for you. But that, that, that give me the hump. You know you know that would give me the raving hump, Ferg, don't you? <laughs> well, it, you know what? I, I, I got into a discussion with a guy at Arsenal Fans Forum about this because uh, he came along and said, uh, I said, well, don't include it in my season ticket. He said, oh, if, you, if you've got a season ticket, you should go regardless. I said, I don't want to go at half three. Am I going to ho- book a whole day's off work to go at half three to see, you know, a team that's not as good as Leighton Orient come up against us in, in you know, as you say, in alluded to Hackney Masters football. That's what it's going to be. Oh, but the under 23s out. I said, well, take it off my seat. That, that's the final. The the, the 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 group stage is going to be played in some like cement, you know, some place in. Uh, oh, in I can't wait. Cyprus or something. I can't wait. Sorry, but there'll yeah, be so. some amazing away trips. Some amazing away trips. I can't wait. I'm booking me out the away trips, now. The away <laughs> trips aside, the away trips aside, and the piss ups aside, uh, Trev, um, and the the random uh, pocket dialing FaceTimes that you give me at uh, two o'clock in the in the morning. Um, from a, a rooftop hotel in I don't know was it Baku or somewhere like that. Um, uh, yeah, they, they, they're they're fun. They really are fun. But if they if they are going to have if we do qualify for that, I think we should remove them from the season ticket and do what to do with the Carling Cup. Make it a quid for the kids, a fiver for a dad, or you know that sort of thing. Fill the stadium with people. Give tickets away to the local schools and stuff like that. Because most most I don't know. I might be speaking out of turn. I think most people. Uh, won't want to go and see that level of football. Actually, so, Fergus, in fairness, mate, no, you've got a valid point, Fergus. You can't argue that point because if you look at the Europa League, some of the Europa League home games haven't attracted much of a crowd. You can't give the tickets away. And so the, the next step down, the Europa Conference League, 
Well, they, they won't fill the stadium. They won't sell many tickets. So you're right, mate. They may as well take it off the season tickets. Give us first option like they do with everything else. But take it off the season tickets and, and let some youngsters go for a quid a piece or a couple of quid a piece and, and fill the stadium. So, yeah, you're right, mate. It worries me that it's going too far, another European competition. Although many years ago, we always had three European competitions. We had the UEFA mm. Cup. We had the Cup Winners Cup in the Champions League. And they were three very prestigious competitions. Um, Cup Winners but, Cup's a whole different kettle, of, a whole yeah, different bowl absolutely. of soup than the, uh, than, than the Conference League where you're, you know, yeah, where the eighth-place team... The eighth place team in the Premier League plays the yeah. third place team yeah. in uh, in Austria. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> San Marino. Not San Marino. Marino up. Point, yeah. exactly Where does right. it end, guys? Where does it end? It's another money. It's another. It's another. Well, it ends when people stop sponsoring football and plowing money into it, because that's what it's all about. It's all about making the money, and it's another opportunity to sell sponsorship, to sell advertising. Yeah, and and that's what they're doing. Just so remember what I've end? always said, guys. Us fans don't ending. count now, Dave. No, that's stopped. No. That we stopped counting a long time ago for uh, uh, Trev. A long time ago. Yeah. Uh, James Indeed. says that they even talked about the well, competition shots. Boys, have you seen the time? Yeah. Kick off. Yeah, it's time to yeah, go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, go Mike, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Um, Sweet uh, Caroline. Oh, oh. Uh, 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 times never felt so good. So good. <laughs> I so good. I hate so that. <laughs> I've been inclined. Oh, oh, oh. That song is one of the worst. That song is one of the worst things to come out of my country. I apologize to everyone for that song. <laughs> nah, man. Neil, Neil Diamond. Neil, Neil Diamond. Uh, I'm no yeah. fan of Neil Diamond. Yeah, my cool dad's favorite. He was one of my Listen, favorite. Get boys. One other <laughs> thing we've forgotten to mention, right? One other <laughs> thing we've forgotten to, go? to mention. Listen, don't, don't. Watch match of the day this Saturday because there must be a little chance of of, of Genus having a meltdown. And Genus having a meltdown is quality entertainment. It's better than watching any other team apart from Arsenal. We've got to try and push him over the edge. Keep on his timeline, boys. Don't be rude. Don't wish him illness. But he's, he's made his bed. Make sure he lies in it. Get us to you. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, right, Fergus, I'm done now. Lots of uh, questions in the chat. Sweet about, uh, Caroline. <laughs> oh, uh, look, this oh. is easy. Uh, lo lots, of, lots of questions in about kits and everything else. We will get on to them afterwards. Mike, thank you very much for joining us from over the pond. Uh, I know you've got the rest of the afternoon off to watch the game. Um, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I absolutely did. We uh, will definitely have you guys on on ours, and, uh, and thanks for having me on. It's uh, always good to chat Arsenal with with a bunch of uh, top gooners, okay. as well as you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh! I thought we as well, son. Oh, mate. Can you, I, I, yeah, it was can, good. Can we, you get your Turkish mates in America, you know, to, <laughs> around to Virginia? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's really good. Really good show. Always enjoy coming on here. I, I thought I was actually – I thought I was buzzing all week long, but having see Trev today, I, I need to push my levels up a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Trev's Hello, toxically Hello, positive, man. It's 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 too much. It's toxic. God, toxic it's positivity from Trev. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good Trev. listening to uh, Mike as well. Good listening to your ten minutes uh, 
yeah, about what you do and everything. Commendable, mate. You feel that shirt very well, fella, I must say. I, I feel it very much as well. You do, you do. You do indeed. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. You do indeed. Well, <laughs> one last thing to say. <laughs> Trev, you're not getting any more words. Uh, up the arse. Come, Caroline. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal. <laughs>